0: just the truth so close your eyes and open your ears and let's get into this come on yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> i got that uh that intro i stole that from my guest my, my honored guest i have today the uh magnificent magnanimous and hilarious damien lemon welcome to the pod my brother what's going on uh, okay <laughs> well, how you doing bro? right listen before we uh fully introduce you, I always like to give a little a little little uh, called media outtake uh-huh. so let the, let's let the people hear your work and then we'll get into the conversation. Shout out to all the white people that's been adopting these black babies y'all. that's like a rich white fetish. My folks is adopted. They don't even go domestic with their black babies. They be micro with them babies. <laughs> when you see that shit? They be going deep off in, in Africa. You talking about the baby like a weed strain. Like, yeah, I got some Uganda at the crib. <laughs> <laughs> this is so astute. beautiful, They
1: be beautiful. Please,
0: Shiny. crystal clear complexion. Complexion like a cup of coffee and shit. can five months old, got perfect straight adult teeth and shit. Like, wow, what you see casting age? Where the fuck you get your child? That's hilarious. Shit is crazy. Then they name the kid weird shit like this is my son Thurman Marshall Redwitz. <laughs> this is my daughter, Coretta Scott Wasserman. These are my children. <laughs> I was like, wait a minute, these are notable blacks. <laughs> Those names are taken, Lane. Like, you know, these are children. These ain't commemorative plates shit. <laughs> <laughs> I say all that shit to say black people, white folks is buying black people again, so pay attention. They call that shit adoption, but is around. Right. <laughs> About to adopt a white baby just in case, just for leverage. Leverage. (laughs) If I foreclose on my shit, I'd be like, "But what about little Bobby? Where he gonna stay?" D Lemon, Yeah. welcome to the show. What's going on, man? Shout out to little Bobby. (laughs) (laughs) That, believe it or not, was a a bit from. 2010 was always one of my favorites. Um, Super happy to have D. Lemon on the podcast. Uh, We've been trying to work this out for a minute now, but uh, we finally did it. D. Lemon is probably the most notable, uh, most, uh, I would say, celebrity person that I've had on thus far. And I can see why he's a celebrity. That man is extremely busy. He's got a lot going on. It's extremely difficult. But, hey, he's working. You know, you can't be mad at, at, at him working. So what's up, bro? How how you feeling? What's going on, man? I'm chilling. I'm enjoying myself in uh right. this uh this disclosed studio.
1: That's right. That's you right. We man? call
0: this the Kalahari Studios. Kalahari Studios in, in Harlem. I seen a lot of <laughs> white folks in <to> the Kalahari. <laughs> I seen mostly white people, I actually <laughs> felt like gatekeepers. Like, what are you doing here? Well it's Sunday, man. You uh, know, is that what white it, folks come it, out in yeah. Harlem? <laughs> is that what Sunday in Harlem? That shit is <laughs> That is not what Langston remembered. Well, all the black people were in church this morning. Oh, now they're they at home man, you know, eating chicken. O'clock. That's true. <laughs> and it's, about, it's a church on every... It's, we oh, in yeah. Harlem. We were in oh, church yeah. Harlem, too, where oh, there's yeah. churches three a block. Three a block, four a block, clock rock. There you go. So listen. Uh, I'm happy to be here, though, brother. I'm I'm glad. I'm glad. On the truth. On the truth. Prescription. (laughs) (laughs) I like this show. I like this show. I like the intros. Hey, listen. You you got. Listen. You got. You got to deal with the truth, man. You got to deal with the truth. So, you know, I bring people on who are successful in their various uh, industries, Uh, and uh, you would qualify (laughs) because you you are. You you are successful. Mama made it. Uh, Started out in Vibe magazine uh, as a journalist. I did some journalism, I okay. broke, but I was, my professional um, positions there were never editorial, I was always okay. on the advertising side, which okay. was a bit of a, bit of a conflict when you think about ASME rules, add and edit, you never should have advertising, so I was kind of, I was getting away with some things over there, but it was okay. all good, it was for the okay. Best. okay, okay, so I stand corrected, so he worked at Vibe Magazine in advertising in various and sundry positions. Um. Then in 2005, he took the plunge. He said, "Listen, you know, I I, I got I got my nerve up at 27 right. years old. He said, i am 'I'm gonna go ahead and go down to Sal's Comedy Hole and see what happens.' And right. and the rest is history. From there, started working for MTV. Guy Code, Guy Court, Hip Hop Squares. He produced his own radio show, fake radio show, D Lemon in the Morning, which you can catch on YouTube. It's pretty hilarious. Check it out. Uh, had his had his open in uh his opening in movies, The Amazing Spider-Man. We had about three to five lines. Mm. Uh but it was it was a great a great look. Uh did a comedy center, comedy center, comedy central half-hour special, which aired in 2014. And currently he's the host of Comedy Knockout. And then finally, I'll say he just rapped on a film called Furlough, starring Whoopi Goldberg, Anna Peckwin, Tessa Thompson, and Lala Anthony. And I'm happy the brother got a little love scene in there. He's doing his thing, so you know, you 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 definitely qualify as somebody who's been successful in their field. And um, you know, I in my own experience, in my in my short time on this planet, I've realized that usually success comes through some kind of breakthrough, dealing with some kind of truth, and you're able to sort of push past. So we'll kind of start there. What do you think, D? You know in your you know in your career, was there anything from a comedic standpoint that you felt like you know you were ignoring and then finally you accepted it and you were able to sort of flourish in, in that space uh, from a comedic standpoint did I notice in in comedy in your professional life uh i think I think it came to just committing you know just okay. committing. To the job You know If you okay. want to do comedy You got to do comedy Because you want to do comedy Okay Right You don't okay. want to do it Because you want to Blow up or get money You want to okay. do it Because you want to be funny Right So They always say They say the blessing Is in the work Right Okay That's what That's what, well, that's what people say When they start getting money too. <laughs> then they, They've been blessed <laughs> right. And they trust the work But no right. But it's the truth It's It's, uh, it's basically Trust in the process So <clears throat> That's interesting because you. I've heard you on your podcast. Shout out to In The Conversation. Shout out to Vlad Kamano yep. and uh, Ali Muhammad. I've heard you say on your podcast that you're a commitment-phobe. So, I can be, so, yeah. So it's interesting that your truth pathway was to committing to something. Committing. I mean, you know what it is. It's, it's being, yeah. I am I get <laughs> uncomfortable when it comes to commitment, but you got to get past that. You got to yeah. get past, you got to, all the successes on the other side of, being uncomfortable, you know what I mean? So uh-huh. it's like, yeah, you know what? a you might not see the thing when I first started doing comedy is it could be hit or miss, right? Right, right. And you go up maybe once or twice a week, if that. Okay. Right? For $20 and, if, for $20 and maybe a drink call. No, for no money. And oh. maybe you paying to go up. <laughs> oh, damn. No, honestly, yeah, wow. you gotta open mics. Either you barking to get some stage time or you buying a drink and you get five, three to five minutes. Wow. Yeah, that's really deep. you yeah. buy a drink to go on stage. Yeah, that's how it goes. That's real. So wow. I mean some mics, some mics are free. Some mics are free, but more often than not, you know, they want they want something from you. Wow, okay. And uh what can happen is you go up on stage and your jokes aren't what you thought they were, and they were worse <laughs> than what you thought they were, and the crowd treats you as such, which ah. could give you some anxiety to be like, you know what, I don't know if I really want to go back. Yeah. Because that was that, that was painful. And then you might be like, "Nah, I'm chilling," and you'll let instead of a week go by, two weeks go by, three okay. weeks go by, and then what happens is you got a lot of anxiety that'll build up, right? Because you're afraid to get on stage because you're afraid that you're gonna take that next L, right? And the thing is, you might, but that's the path you chose, right? Mm. You're not, this isn't, right. You know, this isn't—you didn't get jumped. This wasn't a world star video. Right. You chose right. to go on that stage, Right. and the thing is. When you learn how to deal with whatever can happen, you'll be better off. You know what Uh I mean? Like, you can't, people be, you know, people be so scared to die that they're afraid to live. You know what I mean? Like, you're afraid to jump on, you know, like, so the more you do it, the more comfortable you become and the more you do it. And I remember a comic telling me this. He was like, yo, you doing comedy like you still got a job. Wow. kind of still had, you a had a job. job. You right. know what I mean? Shout out to my man, Rip Michaels. Rip Michaels. He used to, we used to run around. He's one of the first cats that would take me around all the little spots and things of that nature. He's on Wild Out now. You see him on that, doing this thing. Okay. But um, he was like, you doing it like you still got a job. Basically meaning you're not committed to it. Huh. And what happens is it kind of breeds resentment because you get a lot, especially in comedy, because it could be hard. It's like. You know, you got to deal with people not liking your jokes and possibly right. getting, you know, booed or whatever. Right. So a lot of people, they like to say they do comedy, but they don't do comedy. Right. Because they're not going in hard. They're not going in hard. They're not going up at all. There'll be people that are like yo, I'm a comedian. Be like yo, when last time you did that? What was about three years ago? I did this uh, open mic. <laughs> nah, <laughs> three, you're not three years a ago. You're a hobbyist. You tried it, and that's cool. Right. Because it's not for everybody. But right. if you want to do it, you got to go in, and you got to, you got to do bad shows. You got to do great shows. Right. And, and the more you do, the better you get. It, so, so. it sounds like uh, the commitment of consistency. That's consistency. The, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So it's committing to that consistency. Then you said something else, which was like a nice truth wrapped in there that uh, you may have to repeat it. But you said something about people being, they're, they're, people being afraid to deal with the Failure. the failure the failure like like that they don't want to try it. like they, like they you, you said it that they're so they stay they're afraid to live say that say that phrase again that there's they're so people are so afraid to die they're scared, they're scared to, live. to live yeah and that's i mean that's beautiful i mean it, it's true it's, it's true it's true it's true well how how did you how did you get past that like how do how, how what would you recommend for people to to be able to get past something that they're afraid of it's tough you you get fed up you get fed up <laughs> cuz you realize you know, man, I you know, look. Fear <laughs> is fake. Fear is not real. You know, the fear right. is fear with you know, there's got there's a bunch of maxims f false, false evidence. evidence appearing real. Yeah. You know, <laughs> F everything and run. Whatever. It's like it it's it's what you make it. Right. It's only as big as what you make it. And the other thing about it is When you conquer your fears, you get so much perspective from being on the other side. You're like, oh, wow, that was that? Right. That's really what it is? Right. But the fear could be so big in your mind that it's insurmountable. Yeah. So, but you're not going to really, you're not going to really understand, you're not going to have any perspective until you go through it. So you go through it and... The worst, what's the worst thing that could happen? What are right. we talking about? I right. mean, we're not talking Nobody about... Nobody's kept putting the gun in your head yeah, and saying, if you don't if you don't go up on this stage, right. I'm going... To. You get laughed at. The, right. You don't get no laughs. That's right. the stakes in this... Or right. well, whatever. I don't know what you're thinking of, but if the stakes aren't life or death, yeah. you'll survive it. Yeah, and for you'll sure. you'll be better for it. For sure. Yeah. Okay, excellent. Now, what about... So that's, that's sort of like your, your professional side. Right. Um... You know, we, we, I, we didn't kind of go into it, but you grew up in Brooklyn. You right. know, then you moved to Austin, Right. Uh, and then after that, I think you spent most of your time there, and then you went down to Clark Atlanta. Shout out to Clark Atlanta right. for college. Then you came back to New York and started working at Vibe. Is that? Yeah, is that, is that, about that. Yeah, about pretty that? much. In that time frame, I, I, I know that, you you know, you didn't grow up with, with your dad. You, you know, your mm-hmm. sister kind of raised you. Was there anything in your personal life that sort of... You know, similarly, that you were like, you know, something you were maybe ignoring, and then finally you was like, you know what, I got to deal with this, because if I don't deal with this, then I'm not going to be able to succeed. I think uh, maybe one thing is, you have to assert yourself. Uh, You know what I mean? You got to be your own best advocate. Uh, You know what I mean? Nobody's going to, you know, more often than not, nobody's going to speak up for you, and Uh you don't want... To have people speak up for you Right You know what I mean Because they might not know How urgent it is for you You know what I'm saying <laughs> So you, you waiting Right But it might not happen Until they Oh, oh <laughs> I didn't even realize You right. know what I mean And you sitting there In two, three years yeah, Go it's, by It's over But okay. um Assertion Okay Like I learned You know I learned that Just from uh I mean just various things Right Can you uh, give us a story Or I'm you know to think you, of a you, way you man, That you could have? You know I know you had You know Hanging out on the block Nah, you know. I'm trying to. I, I'm trying to think of a, a good story where I could. Uh, you got some funny stories that you, you told me off mic about just uh, being in the house. I remember you had a relative that was sick. You were telling me you right. you were living, <laughs> and that, how that dynamic was was well, kind of was kind of hilarious. I'll say this: I lived in a non traditional household, right? Okay. My mother died when I was thirteen. Okay. My real father, I hadn't seen him maybe since I was like nine, right? Okay. And i am um, living with my stepfather. And eventually I was about seventeen and I and he passed and I was living wow. with my stepfather's ex wife. Yeah. And um oh and then there was uh, you know, other family members there, whatever. But for a while it was like I wasn't really living with anybody that was my real family, right? So right, just like you, D Lemon. So yeah, so i was right. living in somebody else's home. Uh, you know, I was living amongst people that weren't. You know, they 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 looked out, but they weren't. You know, it was. I don't want to say the love was conditional, but it was one of those things where it was like, yeah, you. you I was kind of not. I wasn't. I yeah. wasn't You enough. weren't in the fold Like you were there And they was They was They yeah. was taking care of you On the strength of Kind of Okay Kind of I mean that's a That's a simple way of putting it But what I did notice is There was times when I just Didn't want to be there Ah uh, You okay. know what I mean yeah. But you had to do certain things To kind of stay there Right Right So you They were parameters You had to You know Regular shit You I guess have Good grades or whatever And there was Come other in. little Strict things or right. whatever <clears throat> And you could kind of look at how to be, because you were here. Don't do this. Don't do that. Da 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 da. Like a lot of what not to do. Right. 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 So right. you kind of you kind of are uh, socialized or raised in a way to stay in your lane. Don't do too much. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Don't rock the boat. Right. You don't want to upset nothing. You don't want to mess up. You know you're in right. a you're in a fortunate position. Things right. could have been different. Right. 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 So if you kind of grew up like <laughs> that, funny. you'll be a little reluctant to to try to go out on faith. Right. Yeah, step you'll out. Look yeah. for the, the safe job or Got you'll it. look for security and things of that nature. You won't really be much of a risk taker. Yeah. Because, you know, nobody really celebrated risk. You know what I mean? Growing right. up, not right. a whole lot. Maybe, right. you know, or maybe I just didn't tune into that. Nah, you no. Know, it sounds like it was more about keeping you in a box. You or know, keeping in, you disciplined. And disciplined or in, you know you quote know, unquote. Yeah, yeah or yeah. control. You know what I mean? So you can kind of for a while like defer to other people. You know what I mean? As uh-huh. you could look outside yourself for uh, authority or what to do or whatever and, and, right. and kind of take the agency out of your own life. Uh, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah. And then you for gotta sure. you gotta learn it, nah, babe, you gotta throw yourself into this. This is your life. This right. is you get out of it, what you put into it. Right. And if you feel like, yo, this ain't what this is not what is uh best for me. Right. You need to speak about that immediately because it's <laughs> for you. Right. You know what I mean? You can't wait for nobody else and you can't you can't wait and not get what you want and then after the fact be like, you know, I was, this is why I didn't, you know, because nobody's going to be more concerned about you than you. Right. So. That's real. I'd yeah. say go hard. Go hard. Be, be assertive. Be assertive. Be yeah. Be true to yourself. My man. All right, check it out. I'm we're going to, we're going to just go rapid fire a few questions. Uh-huh. So what is it about comedy that you feel is different than other professions? Uh... Get laughed at and you make money. <laughs> I mean, every other <laughs> profession, if they laugh at you, you probably doing it wrong, right? So, you if you do comedy, yeah, you probably get fired or right. you get at least scrutinized, right? You're an idiot. But if you do a comedy and they point in pointing and laughing, you might be winning, right? Winning, straight yeah. winning. I like. I mean, that's that's. I mean, that's the obvious thing. Right? I like just comedy is can I, you know, comedy is just getting to share your your point of view with the world. You know, Mm. how you see life and, you know, how you approach life. And sometimes people, sometimes people agree with it or sometimes people can relate. You know, more yeah. than not, that's what you want. You hopefully they relate, but if not, if as long as they appreciate, oh, well, that was crazy, right? And then they they kind of get to know you a little bit more. When know? when you're standing up there, because I'm as I, as you were talking, I was thinking like, there's a very almost like therapeutic aspect to you be. know to the audience. It can be right if, yeah. if if I like for me, if I go, I see like I, when I've come see you. Sometimes I may have some stuff going on. I come see you. I'm sitting down. I'm laughing my ass off. Like it creates a, a a great vibe. My energy, uh, you know, lifts, and I can walk out there feeling good. Mm-hmm. You know, when you when you're standing up there, are you going for that? Are you trying to make the people feel good? Are you what 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 are you going for? Is it more about just telling your truth, and then your truth comes out in a comedic way, or what? You know, like what's your focus? I think the goal is to uh, to be funny. The, but to be truthful to the joke, to whatever inspired the joke, right? Okay. You know, the goal is to be funny. The goal is to make the people laugh and okay. hopefully you have a good time and, you know, it, it gives you some relief. Okay. That's that's the end. That's the end result. That's the end goal. The but end. The, the ah. goal sometimes is like... Depends on when you catch me, right? If you catch me on a Tuesday, like on an 8 o'clock show, mm-hmm. the goal might be to figure out this joke that I've been working on. <laughs> okay. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> right. and I'm, I'm trying to reword it. So it's like, right, right. it's still to make you laugh, but it's also like I'm using this time on stage. It's like It's like a laboratory. What right. if I say it like this? What if I say it like that? What if I start with this joke? What if I start with that joke? Okay, you're practicing. Right, as opposed to if you see me, I'm in your your city for the weekend and I'm doing my hour. Okay. My hour is like, it's A. It's all the A stuff. It's the jokes that are proven. It's bang, bang, bang. I'll have fun with you, but more, more importantly, I'm bringing a show to your town. Right. You know what I'm saying? If right. you see me in town, I call it road work and homework. You know what I mean? Road work, I'm out there giving you that show. Oh. But then when right. I come back to New York and I'm in the clubs, I'm doing homework cuz I'm trying to create the new that's going to go on the road. Got it. So, Got yeah. it. Okay. Okay. Wow. Uh who's your comedic Mount Rushmore? Wow. Um the people that you look at and you like, yo, they inspire me. Right. And, you know, me you, I may not want to emulate them, right. but I definitely they they keep me doing what I'm doing. It changes a lot. Um I don't change a lot. <clears throat> Eddie's on there. Eddie? Eddie's on there. Just Eddie is like... Eddie is like... Hmm. It's like... Y'all was, can't see his face right now, but he looks like he's about to have an orgasm or something. Nah, I mean, he's <laughs> I like I'm trying to figure out what I'm going to say. I mean, I mean he's very very, 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 very nostalgic <laughs> looking. I'm just like... No, because Eddie was a force. Eddie yeah. was like... Even though Eddie's not... They say Eddie's not really like the most hip hop comedian. He don't, right? he don't, I don't need think to mess with hip hop. Yeah. He yep. was like hip hop though. He was like how people felt like how Run DMC or how Public Enemy like how they rocked him, how they impacted the game. Yeah, and it came through it. new and raw. Yeah. 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 Like that was yeah. that was Eddie. Pure grit. Eddie yep. was like Eddie was funny as hell. He was cool as shit. His his references were so specific <laughs> but they were like they were so, they say from the specific comes the universal, right? right but right. like, I remember I was young when I seen Eddie, so like his ice cream man, Ben, <laughs> that spoke to me. Like, yo, that's how it be. You know what I mean? That, that's what you do when you're older. You hear the right. guys, you speaking my life. I was right. a young kid. That's exactly what it's about. Right. He could put you there. His storytelling is amazing. He knows how to do characters. He knows how to do voices. He was always the coolest motherfucker. Like, he wasn't... The joke was never on Eddie. Eddie was right. always the <laughs> right, guy telling right, the Right, 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 right. Even when he fought it, he said, "I fought it." He didn't even <laughs> say, "I fought it." I fought it, and I was like, "Yo, Eddie, say fight cool as shit." <laughs> it's the fight game. I was like, "Yo, Ed, cool as hell." So Ed was my guy. So Ed's up there. All Ed's right. up there. Who else? Chris Rock is up there. What makes Rock up there? What makes Rock go up there? I mean, Rock is like the—he's uh, one of the best in cultural commentary okay he'll Uh, break down what's going on in the culture not just black culture but just the like american culture even worldwide like he could he knows how to sum things up with a take that is so different from everybody else everybody's coming from this side and it's funny or whatever, but Rocker come from a whole different angle, and it'll be not only just funny; it'll be brilliant, profound. And you yeah. like, damn! Yeah. And it'll be like, yo, where he come with that? You yeah. know what I mean? Like, yeah. he's like a preacher. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like, yeah. if you watch him perform, he restates his premise. You know what I mean? <laughs> a few <laughs> right, times because he right. got that from preachers. Right. You know, he stalks the stage. He's like, his intensity is, is something crazy, but he's so brilliant. You know yeah, what I mean? Like he definitely he, makes you think, for sure. He makes you think, and he, yeah. makes, you, he makes you unashamed to think, right? Mm. I got it. Bring the Pain came out right when I was going to college. I remember me, um, my sister, and my brother-in-law, we were driving down to, um, to Atlanta. Shout out to Slade. Slade and Donna. We was driving down to Atlanta. And uh he was driving too. So we so it's 10 hour 15, joint. like 15. Ooh. That's a good time because it's supposed to be like Ooh. eighteen. We got fifteen. And we going down there and we uh <clears throat> we talking about we quoting various bits from the bring the pain, cause they like it was like it was quoting like the Bible. And it was just so many lines from there, like so many things that you could almost live your life by. Huh. You know, so okay. he's one of the illest. Uh, and, 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 and I think What I like about him is The most The work The dirty work Of it In stand up Like you know like Have you met him before? Yeah I and, met and him And talked shop And, and talked shop really, with him Not really Like in okay. passing Okay But um Like I hear In his, his interviews And things It's like He don't gloss over The, the, the hard part Of it all Where yeah. you gotta sit there And write And it's not funny For a while and Yeah You gotta sit in front Of your computer And like Really do the work yeah, like yeah. some people show you the lifestyle, and don't really talk about the work. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Just, yeah. just going to be I'm flossing. I'm yeah, big I'm getting, yeah, I'm this getting, this I'm you getting gotta, money. Come on, baby. I'm just blessed. <laughs> right, right. right. <laughs> I'm just blessed. I woke Lord. up like this. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Like, I came. I minute. came out the room. Room with you these. You ain't with nothing. These, these, these come on, baby. Right. <laughs> come on. I was born with leather on. So <laughs> with these 11s on. <laughs> no, I said leather. leather. Oh, okay, leather. <laughs> but all right. So there's Chris Rock. There's um. There's Eddie. I put Rich on there, not to be cliche, but because I didn't appreciate Richard Pryor when I first started listening to him. Cause, okay, you know Eddie is a definite; uh, he's definitely strongly influenced by Pryor. Yeah, so some certain even bits that they kind of were similar, and me like an idiot would be like, "Yo, who this old guy sounded like Eddie?" <laughs> <laughs> Which sounds ridiculous, right? Right. Because it was, it was obviously the other way. But then, what I liked most when I started performing was how vulnerable Richard Pryor could be. Richard Pryor yeah. is probably the most vulnerable comedian out there. Huh. Like, okay. I never, I never thought about it, that. Yeah. If people call him a genius, but he's also a tragic genius. It's always the whole thing like the you know, burning himself on fire. Like his life was an open book. Yeah, he tell you about the flaws and all. You know what I mean? Everybody knew he had a drug thing. You knew he had things with women. You knew he had. You knew he had a. You know he's molested. You knew. You know everything. Yeah, he would go so like, especially as a black dude, it's this. Especially as a black dude that grew up, you know, uh, shaped by a lot of '90s hip hop. There's this desire to be hyper masculine and like the super thug, right? Okay, and and take no shorts. Right. You know what I mean? (laughs) Hard body, you know Onyx, what I mean. Onyx, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> whereas Pryor like has some vulnerable moments, yeah. like some tough things that happened to him, and uh, he would put it all the way out there for better or worse. Because there's yeah. sometimes I tell you one of the most vulnerable things he did, just as a performer, as a as a uh, as a star. Yeah, there's a there's a special out there called Richard Pryor Live and Smoking. If you never get, if you ever get to see it. Find it, it's probably on YouTube. You can download it or whatever. It's at, I think it's at the Village Underground. Okay. It's not going good for. him. This is his like his oh. special. Oh, and it's it's people walking out. Wow. Like it's not good. Wow. And uh but the way he handles it is like, damn, Rich is a beast. Mm. And Rich is such a consummate professional. There's this one thing, I mean, there's that whole legend that like I think it was the uh live on the Sunset Strip. He shot that. You know, that's one of the that's one of his favorite that's one of his most acclaimed specials i like um what's my favorite not live and smoking i like uh i think it's just richard Pryor live but then there's live on the sunset strip where he he went there and he bombed he bombed (laughs) his taping he bombed his special wow and he said all right i'll be back tomorrow we're gonna do the whole thing over. Everybody, come back. Blah blah blah. Came back. Same, smashed. same people. He smashed. I think it's the same people every day. He just wow. destroyed it. It was crazy. But um, what was the difference between the two I nights? Have no clue. I mean, okay. he just he just figured it oh, out. This, I mean, he might have listened okay. back, and you know who knows where his head was. Right. But um, maybe he was high the second night. He might have been. Who knows? <laughs> he did it. He pulled it off. Ah. Uh, so that's three. That's three. All right. Um, I mean, you don't have to do four. I you know, is it four, or five, or in Rushmore? I, I thought it was four up there. Is it four? I, know, I was. I know they're typically all dudes, so yeah. I was trying to. I throw if we go. I'm gonna split my last thing into some diversity. I'm gonna put a, a white man because they don't get enough opportunity in America, <laughs> and I'm gonna put <laughs> a black woman. I'm it's gonna put sarcasm.com. Uh, new put website. A, put George Carlin, who's a okay. beast. George Carlin. Yeah. Carlin's, George just Carlin's his, funny. His, his way with like words and just turning things on its head and making you look at things totally different. He's a beast. And then Whoopi Goldberg. Oh, yeah. Not okay. as a stand-up, but just more as a comedic performer. You know in I mean? film? No, 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 no. Have you ever watched Whoopi Goldberg live on Broadway? Okay. she does her one-woman show, like, she br- she brings these characters to, get to life in a way that's, like, you forget who you're looking at. Like, uh, she'll take you in. And you're like, okay. damn, she's a beast. You okay. know, and then she's just... I just like her cuz she's just been in the game so long. she has been working and she seemed like you know, certain people you learn from just from watching. Yeah. And then I think if you meet her, she probably going to have a few gems for you. So I throw Whoopi up there. This film you just shot. Yeah. Uh did you get to see her on I set? I didn't meet her at all. She wasn't on set she when I was. She was on set, was set when you was there. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I'm sure maybe at one of the uh, premieres or something you'll Hopefully. get to you'll get we'll to chop see. it up we'll with get her. get together. Um All right. This is a, this is an interesting one. Uh, what would your 75-year-old self tell you now? Uh, say yes more. That's it. Say okay. yes more. Don't okay. play yourself. Okay. Yeah. You know, in your study of the comedic greats, um, you know, what thread was or is similar? And I asked you this because I remember you told me that you, you met Tracy Morgan and Chappelle, and they both kind of talked to you and mentored you and just, you know, about what it you know what it requires to be successful and that kind of thing. But when you look at all the greats, is there anything you see in terms of a thread or something that makes them makes them great that you can you know extract for yourself? I think you just gotta know the moment. You gotta seize the moment because you know the moment is mm. how you deal with it. You know the okay. moment you could either punk out or you could go all out. Because mm. sometimes what happens is you you always like. When I said, if I was 75, I'd tell myself to say yes more because yeah. I know that every time I say no and it passes by and I see the opportunity, or even if I don't see the opportunity and I reflect on what I said no about, I find myself regretting saying no. Because yeah, yeah. more often than not, it's either. I say to myself, like, before you say no, is it because of ego or is it because of fear? Right? Because right? right. a lot of people, they know the moment is a big moment, right? Because the, the moment is as big as you make it. right. But they right. know the moment is a big moment, and some people they they intimidated by it because they're like, "This moment could be this this could destroy me if I don't <laughs> handle this moment in the right way. I could I could be you know I could be a victim to it. Yeah, rather than saying, yo, i 'Yo, I'm gonna I'm gonna body this moment.' Yeah, yeah. it's like though, it's like it's playing not to lose versus playing to win. Yeah, you want to play to win. So if you want to be great. You can't be afraid to be great on a Wednesday or a Saturday or a Friday. You got to want to be great every time. You want to swing for the fences. So I think, like, when I see them cats, when I see Tracy Morgan go in, Tracy Morgan go in. Like, he, he's going to give you Tracy Morgan. When you mm-hmm. see him, like, it don't feel like he holding much back. Okay. You know what I mean? And same thing with Chappelle. Chappelle. Chappelle will be on the stage for hours. And Chappelle is so deliberate. Chappelle takes forever to tell a joke. Like he takes his time. <laughs> he don't care about the silence. I've asked him. I said, "Yo, I forget what, but I remember. I forget exactly what I asked him, but the, what he told me was like, you know, I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid to let them see me sweat." Mm. I was like, "Damn, that shit. Nah. That means a lot." Yeah. And then if you listen to a lot of great comedians, particularly like Richard Pryor and things of that nature, you listen to their albums or whatever. It's more quiet than it is. Laughter, yeah, because people are listening. Yeah, I think when you first start doing comedy, that can make you restless because you're nervous, you feel like this quiet is tension building, and you're like, "Uh Oh, I gotta make this quiet pay off, I gotta make this quiet pay off, and you kind of stumbling through what you're setting up because it is tension. But the thing is, you need to learn how to deal. We gotta be comfortable with it because they're just engaged and they following you. Uh, so if you rushing, yeah, when you get there, it's gonna be all hurried and you ran for nothing. Yo 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 yo! yo come, <laughs> here, come here come here come here! What's up? What's up? What's up? What's up? Nah 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 nah! You know what I mean? Like now, right. people are like, why you do that? Right. When you should have just taken your time and be true to what you're inspired by. You know what I mean? If you're telling a story. And this person talk real slow. <laughs> talk real slow. Like, uh-huh. get into bring that person there. Like, you know, so. Do you feel like you've, you've, you've ma- not mastered that, but you've got that skill level, you know, to the point where you can take your time and you're not daunted by the silence or daunted by the amount of time it may take to get to a joke? Sometimes, I think so. I mean, I, I often not, I ain't mastering it. It's every okay. day is more and more work, and it's a different audience, and it's a different set of challenges. Okay. You know, um, you know, nah, every day is a learning situation because that's the thing about comedy. You could be put in a thing where it's not the context is not conducive to comedy, but you got to pull some comedy out of it, you know what I mean? You right, know, can right, you go up, can you do three minutes right here? I know it's, I know, I know you just went up, I know that person just took an L, I know that da, 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 I know this crap, you know, whatever. I know this ain't this is a barbecue, I know it's whatever. Could you do something? And if you take that chance, you figure it out. And then right. you'll learn from that. you would be like, right. yo, I remember one time I had to do three minutes at a funeral. You know what I <laughs> mean? It was crazy. We had to do it at a funeral I had to make them laugh. I didn't, you know, it was crazy. Right, right, right. You know, you know it's interesting. Another thing about comedy, particularly the kind of comedy you do, uh-huh. you know, your topics are very what I'll call adult-focused, right? Mm-hmm. You, you know, you, you, you use whatever language you use. Use adult language. You have adult topics. Right. Um, you know how did how did your family deal with that? You know, I mean, Ooh. in terms of like, did that? Did you think about that? Like when you write in your sketches, do you think about, oh, my grandma may hear this, or my sister may hear this, or you know, I got you know cousins or whatever. You ever think about that? Yeah, initially, initially, but okay. then it was just like, adult. <laughs> like, you know I what I mean? Nah, <laughs> I mean, yeah, I'm an adult. I gotta go out here and get my money. Yeah, right. I gotta do what I gotta do. Right, right. Um, I like that. Yeah. You know, and I got to own it. I got to own it, you know what I'm saying? Like Yeah. Yeah. This is who it is. You know, um uh, yeah. You got to own it. All I right. got to own it. This is what I do. This is my my job. I'm not out here trying to embarrass nobody. Right. But I can't sell myself short. If this is how I feel, I got to I got to be true to me cuz I got to right. live for me. Right. You know what I mean? Right. So that's that. That's that. And you know, with that, sometimes the you know, the audience has to be true to you as well. Right. And you know, one of the uh I'll, I'll call it the pivotal moments in your career that everybody knows about. Because uh, when you went to the Apollo and... Uh, yeah, and everybody got, don't know about it. <laughs> and now they do. Well, no, cause it, it, it wasn't the Apollo. It was at Madison Square Garden. It was, it was at the theater was, at Madison Square Garden. I thought Garden. it was the Apollo. No, it wasn't the Apollo. Okay. So, I've never done comedy at the Apollo. So it was Madison Square Garden. Uh, <laughs> That's why you said nobody know about it. Well, I mean, I, no, because <laughs> if everybody know about it, they know the right situation. <laughs> that one time that... uh, right, right. You remember that one time that... uh. <laughs> What was what, 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 what happened over there? That, 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 that one time. That, uh, no, I I got booed at the uh, at the, uh, the Good Old Madison, Madison Square, Square Garden. Garden. I was going to ask you about that. Is did uh, you learn? You know, what'd you learn through that experience? Because I I don't say it scarred you, but I remember you. T- we talked about it, and then you know you went on. Uh, what was that 105 point five um, point? Uh, the Breakfast Club, Club and they kind of got at you about it. Right. Like what? Did, from just from a professional standpoint, like what would you learn from that? You know. I learned to take my ego out of it. Okay. I learned to don't panic. It okay. was ego more than anything. Okay. It was ego. It was being intimidated by the moment, being afraid of the moment. Uh. It was it was not trusting what got you there. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, yeah. um the people over at Carolyn's, they put that together. Uh, shout out to Louis Friend. The Friend that really shows love. Like okay. he's uh he's a fan. Okay. And he um he supports me. And Funny thing was I had to do, I had to go headline Caroline's maybe two weeks out. That's why I was on The Breakfast Club because I was, I was promoting that weekend. So okay. it was like too many people. Because the thing is with comedy, you do comedy for a long time, but it takes a couple breaks for people to start talking about you, right? Yeah, whether that's right. a television show, whether that's whatever, right? And that's the context in which these people know you, right? So. Right. Um, <clears throat> at that point, I had done guide code, that was probably my biggest audience, right? And um, so you know, people knew me as being funny on guide code. And then when this happened, you know, I'm doing a breakfast club, which has a pretty big audience and a certain yeah. type of audience. So now their context, besides guide code, is oh, he the cat that got booed, right? Right? So now right, it's right, like, right. <laughs> It but it happens to everybody. It can happen to everybody. You can't let that define you. Yeah. You gotta you gotta understand that it happened. Yeah. You gotta kinda understand why it happened and and learn from that. I think what happened was I didn't recognize the moment. In the moment. I was detached because I was in my head, like, I gotta make this, I gotta I gotta I was almost pandering. Yeah. I was like how can I... I was almost saying, how can I not 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 get booed? Right. But how can I not be whack on this uh-huh. show? Or how could I... You know what I mean? Rather than be me. You know right. what I'm saying? For right. better or worse. And when the boo started, rather than react in a way that was like, yo, F y'all, da da that was combative. Right. I could have been like "I you all right, y'all yeah, don't like that. All right, next joke. Fair enough. Right. Let it, like, acknowledge it. Right. You know what I mean? Because right. then... Because what happens is when people feel like, you didn't hear they boo. they going to boo-latto. Oh, word? <laughs> boo! You know what I mean? Whereas if you say, all right, I hear that. Okay, right, I see right. y'all ain't feeling that. Make a joke about that. Right. You could get keep. Because the thing is, if you don't panic, more often than not, you can get them back. Right. And the thing that you said, I heard you say this multiple times, that the boo is just a reaction. Right? Yeah. It's, it's almost worse when they don't say nothing, what when they just not, stare at you. You're not resonating. Right. You did, you did but but at you... least, you know, they're saying to you, well, damn, I mean, did ain't, like ain't like that. What or, else you got? Or you struck a chord. Whoa, <laughs> we ain't talk about that in here. <laughs> right. We right. don't talk about that. Right, right. Come on, man. We talk about what we're going to talk about. Right. You know what I mean? You might right. not like it. Right. But let's let's get into you, it. I, you had talked about, like, one of the first times you had gotten heckled. And this this girl started going at you on stage, and you just came out a real negative. Yeah, I went (laughs) hard on her, and the guy came up, whoa, whoa, whoa! You can't, you can't, you can't say that. You can't say that to the patrons, man. Yeah, there's (laughs) certain things you just gotta be careful. You gotta be careful. You gotta, you know. I got defensive. Right. I called her out of her name. Right. It was a black comedy show. (laughs) Um, Oh, black women run black comedy. Is that true? Is that true? I I, I think I don't want to say it like. So, absolutely, but more often than not, if you go into, like, a black room, it's mostly women in there. Like, dudes, they there, too, but oftentimes they there because the women are there. Okay. But, like, in the clubs and shit. So, one thing you don't call a black woman is a bitch, especially right. acapella. Right. You know what I right. mean? If, so, if, if there's a track on the beat underneath it, the you then, can sing it. Then, bitch! Right. You know what I mean? That might nod <laughs> they head, but... If it's if it's a cappella, if there's no drums, it's, no right. bass line, it's not it's gonna go sentence, it's not it's gonna go problem. over well. It's yeah. not gonna go over well. So yeah. we had one of those. Yeah, yeah. And I learned that it was a teachable yeah. moment. Yeah. All right. Well, you you definitely mm-hmm. have uh have uh, excelled. Um you're now the host of comedy knockout. Yeah. Um season two or season three? Season two mm-hmm. going into season, season three. Season three. All right, mm-hmm. season two going into season three. But way, 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 way back, mm. you used to host a show called Comedy on the Hump. Yeah, on Wednesdays down at the Laugh Lounge on—I think it was on Essex Street, right? Mm-hmm. One fifty-one, one fifty-one. And I was—I was a fan. I used to come out and, and watch you uh, watch you work and improve your crap. It's funny when I used to come out and see you then. I thought you were funny then, and mm-hmm. then as the years pass and mm-hmm. I'm seeing what you're doing now, I'm like, mm-hmm. wow, you're really funny now. So I could definitely see the growth. My question is. Mm-hmm. How did like hosting that show help or prepare you to now host comedy knockout um, I think it helped you just by being in the moment, you know what I mean like okay. being in the moment, being in front of a bunch of people okay um <clears throat> you know it was funny, I was kind of halfway telling the story on the on on the podcast on in the conversation, you know Vlad one of my he was the co-producer of that show oh okay right yeah it's one of my good friends probably my best friend in comedy and we do a podcast me him and Ali and uh, Vlad just did Jimmy Kimmel Live so it's his network debut and I say all that to say that it's all about perspective right I remember at one point because what would happen, we co-produced it. So one person would host, the other person would close or headline, right? Right, right. So it was a Wednesday night show that started at 7.30, so you headlined at 9 o'clock doing 15 minutes. You're really right. going last. Right? right, right. I remember one time, <laughs> me and Vlad was having this conversation. He was like, I don't know if I could do this, man. I don't know if I could, you know what I mean? I don't know if I'm a headliner yet. Mm. I was like, my man. <laughs> This is a Wednesday night shoot no reality we get 14 people that are super happy so even right. if you was the bomb right for the 14 people it ain't that big a deal so right. you know what I mean right not at all and I think I think it's just part of the whole shit it was just part of it you learned how to do various things you learned fundamentals all that stuff is fundamentals hosted there's certain things about being a host you learn how to keep the mood in the room around you know how to address the audience when they're getting too loud you know how to keep a show moving you know how to do some time if somebody took a bad set you know how to announce somebody's credits you know how to bring somebody to the stage you know how to hey give it up one more time for this person you know how to somebody's no this the first time you know how to you just know how to set the tone Okay. You know what so I mean? Like setting it, the tone, yeah. It's about, it's, hosting is like hosting. Like if you have some people in your house, yeah. it's, just, it's just your house. So when people come out to Comedy Knockout, you try to set the tone, try to let them feel good. Yo, this yeah. is what's going on here. You explain it to the people. Okay. You introduce the, the audience to the talent, right. vice versa. This is why these people matter. This is why these people matter. We here to have a good time, blah, blah, blah. And then rock it. Yeah. You know what I mean? And you kind of learn from that. You learn, you learn, um, you also learn like from producing a show and hosting your own show, you learn, uh, you become a little bit more important or at least a little bit more useful in the community. You're not just a comedian that's looking for a spot. Now you're a comedian that could provide a spot, right? right so right. now... You're an employer now. You're an employer now. You're yeah. a producer now. You're creating right. opportunities. Right. So now you got to go home and study the market. You got to know who's funny out there. You got to let them know about you. It's just, you know, you learn a lot of different things. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm going to try to... How's your... I know you've been writing, you know, your one hour. You know, right. You did, you did the 30. Right. I know you've been working on your one hour. Right. How's that going? How's the writing on that going? It's going good. It's going good. You, you want you want to give us one? You want to give us one bit? Just no. just. just. No. <laughs> I had to try. I had yeah, to. <laughs> yeah. Come out see me. Huh? <laughs> nah, this ain't podcast comedy. You got to come to the spot <laughs> See be on stage. All right. All right. All right. We gonna transition um, to this little this thing I do on on the show called okay. Yes or BS. Okay. That's the name of the game. Uh And basically, I'm gonna make a statement. Uh huh. And you just say yes or BS. All right. Now, you can explain why it's yes or BS, uh-huh. or you can just say your piece and we move on. All right, go ahead. All right? And I put my radio voice on. Uh, shit. Number one. Number one. When D. Lemon gets married, he will be wearing a tux match with a pair of Air Jordans. BS. <laughs> <laughs> Number two. Eddie Murphy is the is the greatest black comedian. I won't say BS. The reason being I have said this before. In my own opinion, I think Murphy's my favorite. I think Chris Rock is the best. Mm. Okay. Cuz Murphy hasn't done comedy in over 20 years. Chris Rock still's out there, still active. So it's like you can't give it to a cat. Even if they, they won two titles and left, you can't give them the, the crown year after year after year when they don't perform. He, he's my favorite. He inspired me to do comedy. He's one of the best to ever do it. But if we're talking about who's active out there, my personal favorite is Chris Rock. That's the LeBron Jordan uh, conversation, right? Because people saying Jordan ain't played 20 years he still got six rings, and they're you know, they trying to make that comparison between LeBron right. and say, oh, LeBron is you know greater than Jordan. Right. But that's a little different, though, because that's like comedy is subjective. Jordan, LeBron, you can look at the, first of all, Le, like Jordan got six, and he got him, didn't go six and got him six times. Yeah, he never lost in he the finals. He never lost, so that, that says a lot. <laughs> yeah. Not to say that LeBron can't get six. Right. Was well, he on his way to four? Well, he's, he's seven finals in a row, right. and if he, win, if he wins this year, it'll be four. Yeah, I mean he a bad mother. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> right. My bad. I don't know if y'all use that word on on the truth. Don't worry, okay. uh, it'll be edited Bleaked out. Okay. Uh, number three, Go ahead. acting is easier than stand up. No, I don't think so. I don't think it's BS. Uh, it's two totally different things. I don't even. I don't know enough about acting. I know enough. I know enough to. I know enough to know that I don't know enough. <laughs> Right, And I've been doing comedy for over 10 years, and I still have a lot to learn. So I can't even call it on either one of those. I haven't mastered either. Okay. Number four. In 10 years, D. Lemon will have done two one-hour comedy specials and had a leading role in at least one film. Let's hope so. I feel like, yeah. I'll take that as a yes. Yeah, let's do a yes. Number five. okay. Ossining, New York, was a boring place to grow up. No. That's BS. <laughs> okay. That's BS. Shout out to <laughs> 10562. Shout out to Ossining. Shout out to the whole Westchester 914. Ossining was dope. Ossining probably was the most diverse place I'd ever lived. Ah. Uh, yeah. Okay. Had more. Ossining High School probably had more diversity than anywhere else I've been in my life. There's all types of people there. It was... Um, it was definitely boring at times, but there was a lot of outlets there. It was—I mean—we had a radio station in my high school. Like, oh wow, um, that's cool. You know what I mean? Like I—I ha- I got a lot of great friends out there. Like from boredom, you know, say so they say boredom, what do they say? Idle devil's playground, yeah, or whatever. Correct, it was a lot correct. of mischief that happened <laughs> and, and to keep it to keep things exciting. So shout out to my squadron out there. Self-generated uh, oh, fun. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Number six. Uh huh women are smarter than men ah. <laughs> i don't know i don't know that's a good question i think women might uh <clears throat> i'm uh, only one pen. Now. i think women might uh, are typically a little bit more emotionally intelligent you know uh-huh. excellent you know good but, point i i agree with that actually yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, let's just say that. Let's say that. I don't know. Yeah, I don't. I mean, I think men. I think men are are smarter with certain things and women are smarter with certain things. Women are definitely more emotionally intelligent. Um, And I think men we're smarter at at conceptualizing. Maybe, maybe. I don't even know. I don't even know because I know a lot of smart ass women. I know yes. a lot of smart dudes. You know the smart dudes too. You know what yeah. I'm saying? So I don't know and I know a lot of stupid ones. <laughs> I know a lot of stupid dudes. You know what I mean? Where it's like, "Oh, y'all fucking it up for your gender." Who knows? I think it's 50-50. 50-50. How about uh, that. Uh, number 7. Go ahead. Men make better comedians. <laughs> wow, you trying to get me to protest. <laughs> I won't say that. I won't say that. I think I think there's I don't know. I don't think, no. I don't think, uh, I think men, I think the market, people, for whatever reason, respond to male comedians more than um, female comedians, like women, for whatever reason. For whatever reason. It just seems like the market rewards them. Just like, it, it almost, if you look at the market, you look at, at what's being, um what's, what's most available, right? So it's mostly male comics, mostly white male comics. So everything else kind of looks like a niche. You know what I'm saying? Right, right, So just because it's the majority don't make it better. Mm-hmm. It, it depends on what resonates to you. Because, again, like, I feel like comedy is so, so subjective. You know what I'm saying? It's very, so, subje- it's very subjective. It's very subjective. So, you know what I mean? That's a tough one. That's a tough one. I like, I like, there's a lot of female comedians out there that I think are very funny. So number eight. Go ahead. Hosting comedy knockout is easier than filming a love scene with Tessa Thompson. Well, I didn't film a love scene. We kissed. It wasn't even a love scene. A love scene is we take your shirt off. We in the bag. In uh, the here bag. We go. Hosting comedy knockout is easier than kissing Tessa Thompson. Uh <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> I don't know, man. It was it was cool to do it. It was amazing to do it. It was it was a little bit more intimidating. This was my I I've done comedy knockout for a couple of seasons, so I'm I'm familiar with at least but how it works. Right. I didn't really know anything about uh, kissing, and Tessa Thompson <laughs> we did the, the correct. And uh, and she's a dope actress. You know what I mean? And um. So, I just wanted, I didn't want to get mopped up in the scene. Quick side note, and you can answer or not answer this. Yeah. H- how'd your lady react to, to that, knowing she that she was cool? She was she cool me, with it? She got, you know, was, she took it like a champ. She was funny about it, actually. <laughs> what she said. She was like, she's, <laughs> my lady was like, she said, she said, uh, she so said, you told your people shit? She said, I bet your people was like, yo, what your lady think? <laughs> so, you know, my lady was funny. You know, she knew what it was. It was cool, it was interesting. You know, it's yeah, interesting. Yeah. yeah, well it's def it's definitely a growth for you in that, you know, yeah. in, in, in the acting realm. Right. And, it was um, cool. It was cool. Yeah. It was cool to do um a scene with Tessa Thompson. I think she's I think she's gonna get an Oscar at some point in her career. I think okay. she's a beast. You okay. Know what I mean As an actress. I told her to I was like, Yo, you official. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I think she's a beast. Yeah, yeah. okay. Number nine. The greatest hip hop album of all time is Dr. Dre the Chronic. Yes <laughs> no. Damn Smash that nah. nah that's cool nah. What do you What do you think Is the greatest Hip hop album Of all time The greatest mm-hmm. Hip hop album Of all time All time I don't know man I don't That's ridiculous I can't even call it I can't even call it But i tell you this Just cause most people Won't say this And make people go listen De La Sola's Dead Is one of the best Hip hop albums Of all time De La Sola's dead. De dead It's, it's funny dead. I just listened to Big Feet High and Rising mm-hmm. Um Beginning and end. Yeah, that's good. Forgot too. how? Forgot? I mean, you know, I to listen to that all the time. Forgot how dope that was. Prince Paul is like, he's he's, a he's, a, he's official he's man. A I was just really listening to that album. He's like, this one of guy. my. um And I told him he's one of my comedy inspirations. I got to tell him that shit. It was cool. Yeah. Prince, oh, because of some of the stuff that he did on 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 all that album, yeah, 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 yeah. He was the best. Yeah, yeah, he was the best. Even like the stories when he did his own thing, like he did <laughs> his own albums. You know, um, handsome boy modeling school principal, and the um, what's it? The thieves joint he did like he made like he did comedy like he did musical movies yeah to audio like, yeah he's a hell of a he's I don't know if he gets enough props but I definitely let him know yo you are a beast and what did um, he say when you told him that ah, yo I appreciate that it was it was cool wow. we was we was working together we got to um. I got to do a a, um, a show with him in D.C. and Maryland. Me, him, Hannibal Barris. Okay. It was dope. <clears throat> uh, number 10. Yep. D. Lemon eats healthy every day. Hell no. <laughs> I wish. I wish. I wish. Uh, it's going to happen, brother. It's going to yeah, happen. Yeah, please. If y'all want to leave a comment. Leave a recipe, a healthy recipe, no no BS. Help me. Number 11. Yeah. How many are we doing of this? I thought it was six, easy. five. Nah. <laughs> we got 13. Okay. We're almost done. Okay. I know, I know, I know. 13 reasons why. <laughs> Go ahead. I know your stamina's getting you. Know? Nah, I'm chilling. Listen. Number 11. Comedians are more appreciated by fans outside of New York? No. Okay. I thought that only because this is the the comedic mecca, New York. Right, that's why I think there's more appreciation here. I think people Mm -hmm. are like, I think people will come here. I mean, New York is spoiled, but at the same time, I think New York is so spoiled that if you're at all interested in comedy, you could develop a great taste for comedy by living in New York, especially New York City. Right, you'll see some of the best comedians. Right. Whereas if you Mm -hmm. live in you went to West Bubble, bum, 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 you know, wherever in the world where you're just happy that somebody came to your small town. They might not be that good. You'll see way more comedy in New York than you will most other places. So you'll kind of be a little bit more familiar with what there is available, especially live comedy. I'll say that because now up. with the Internet, everybody <clears throat> can see everything. Right. Number 12. Number 12. Making money changes you as a person uh if you allow it to, you got to make some changes. I think you change every day i don't, i mean i don't know if it's i don't know if the money I think the money just puts you in it gives you different things to uh to uh consider okay you know what i mean like there's okay. different there's different things to consider on both sides good and bad. That uh that you might not you might not have been aware of. You could probably become exposed to various things if you if you're paying attention to your money. You know what I mean? Like okay. sometimes you can make money and not even realize you're making money and, and blow through money. Yeah. And don't even realize you you made money until like you look back and like, damn, I did nothing with it. So Well, it you you definitely made more money in the last 10 years. So when you say it, it it didn't change you as a person, as nah. as an individual dilemma, but it changed your outlook and what you have to uh, be what you be aware is. be aware of. Or yeah, or what you value, you know what I mean. Like if money becomes, if you realize money ain't everything. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. money is is infinite. There's a lot of money out there, so there yeah, is bro. no there is no. Certain number that's going to correlate with happiness. You know what I mean? If if your money, if your happiness is tied up in how much money you're going to make, you're going to be chasing happy for a long time. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? So I think that's one of the things that could change you. You'd be like, damn, you know, money ain't what I thought it was. Yeah, yeah. All right, number 13. Yeah. Last one. Jokes are funnier when the stand up comedian is under the influence of alcohol or Mary Jane. No. BS I like a I don't I mean it depends on the comedian sometimes you don't even know if they drunk or high right but I, I but they I, definitely go up there drunk or high sometimes oh absolutely and okay. hey, that could be for the best it could be for the worst depending sometimes the slur like you go up there you go on stage drunk you're, slur, you're slurring too much You not even really people can't understand you if you go up on stage high, you might be so relaxed that you think you're killing it and you're not. You know what I mean? So you need to be sober minded so everything that's going on is real to the moment. You want to be connected. Right. And, and drugs and alcohol is a way to disconnect. You know, one of the things you've been talking about, you, you haven't said it, um, but I, I'm sort of teasing this out. It sounds like as a, a stand up comedian, there's a certain level of sensitivity that you need to have when you're standing up there, you know, to be connected to the, yeah. To the audience. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, because it's the moment. That's why comedians bug out when it's like um, <clears throat> when people pull out their cameras and, and try to record it, because uh. it, it takes it out of context. You know, when you go to a comedy club, it's a different, um, it's like a pact. You know what I mean? It's like, you know, like kind of how when you go to Vegas, it's like what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas, right? right when right. we go to this comedy club typically, you go to comedy clubs, they be underground, they be low ceilings, liquor, you know what I mean? Like it's it's not about it's this dark It's about letting all of that, leaving all that outside and let's hear these people out. Let's let them say some things. Some things you ain't going to be comfortable with. Some things are going to challenge you. Right. But it's like, be true to the moment and understand that more often than not, the person that's saying everything is trying to say it with the intent to make you laugh or to at least make you think. You know, not typically not to offend. So I would say, stop. Don't look for offense. You know what I mean? And, um, you know, fucking... Enjoy it.
1: Enjoy.
0: Enjoy it. being the moment. All right. Excellent. I right, well, I've enjoyed this. You I know, what I mean, too. this 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 this, pod, this was great. Yeah. Uh, I think to to borrow and steal from from you. I think we're ready to transform and roll out of here. Uh, I like that. <laughs> uh, tell the people where they can where they can uh, <laughs> connect with you on social media. You can find me on social media, D Lemon Comedy, pretty much everywhere. Instagram, Twitter uh facebook i want to say yeah facebook snapchat is beats being broke um damianlemon.com uh, in the conversation drops every wednesday every wednesday uh, that's right the name of the podcast and then comedy knockout on, on sound on soundcloud and itunes, iTunes. soundcloud and itunes and comedy knockout is on true tv every thursday at 11 p.m. excellent excellent all right good people I think we are gonna sign off. Thank you. Appreciate. I appreciate it, man. No, <laughs> thanks for having me. For real. Thank you. Appreciate my my family, my cousin D Lemon on coming on the show. Um, and as always, as I say, the truth will set you free if you let it. Show's not over. Here's a bonus sketch. Talk about it. <laughs> It's gonna be fun. I didn't write shit, so this Bill Cosby. Is good. Whoa, Bill Cosby. Oh. Hey, yo. Wow. Oh. Yeah, right. That's what she said. Don't go there, bro. <laughs> He's a weird dude. <laughs> but it's up because it's like, you know, he was so many people's fault. He was America's father. You know. And you, you it's it's hard what he did if he did what he did, it's horrible. You know? And if there had been anybody else, you'd have probably been, you know, it was it was bittersweet, you know what I'm saying? Bill like the drowsy vagina. You know what I mean? Ooh, what is that? Who was that? You know what I'm saying? I don't like it when you know what I mean? no feedback it's like-